0: Go to the very last drive. And welcome to Let's Talk Native on the Saturday, June twenty second. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and sometimes start conversations. Uh, We don't do prayers and we don't do buffalo speeches. We take on uh, the tough issues. We look at uh, history, oppression, survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. Uh, We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cataraugus Territory of the Sanica Nation, so Let's Talk Native. Before I do that, let uh, let me remind people that this show is not only broadcasting on our website, which is letstalknative.com, uh, but we also uh, Facebook live stream it, so if you can catch the Facebook live stream on various group pages, on um, the Let's Talk Native group page and uh, on several other group pages that we share the show to. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud uh, which um, puts it out as a podcast that you can find on all your favorite podcast platforms we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel which is Let's Talk Native TV you can find videos of uh, this show my show in New York and some of the uh, short form videos that we do on various topics so I encourage you to not only check out our website but uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well uh, I am the host of Let's Talk Native, and I am assisted in studio by Jake Proud, who's managing our video and our sound. Um, lots of conversation this week about reparations. It's not about us, but but there is a conversation about reparations. And and in fact, I had um, um, investigative journalists from New York uh, reach out to me and wondered if I would like to weigh in on the reparations conversation, because clearly it is difficult to talk about reparations for for slavery if we're not going to talk about uh genocide uh and realizing that we we are two distinct peoples oftentimes affected by uh the same issue doctrine of discovery racism um uh and 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 you know of course a, a variety of other things but there are still two different issues there um, my first thought on reparations and, and I've got to do what everybody else does i got I got to point out what is the most common comment that is offered up by white people especially um, as it relates to this conversation and it always goes something like this that happened in the past there are no people today that are victims of slavery or beneficiaries of slavery that's what the argument is about doing anything to write um, a historical wrong and I got to be be careful I don't mean that it's only a historical wrong and I'll and I'll get into that in a moment but it, it is it's, it's it's almost absurd to hear people say that again it's a, it's a it's something in the past so everybody just needs to get over it and this is where I got to bring up the the historical issue there are, is nobody today that is that is not impacted by what took place uh, at the beginning, at the foundation of the United States. Slavery, genocide that took place. You either benefited from it, or you continue to be victimized by the, by the very act of slavery. By the very act of, of, of the blatant racism that went into both slavery and genocide. So, for anybody to say that you know, that it's uh, all those people who benefited from slavery uh, are long gone no there are still people today that benefit from white privilege and that white privilege was enshrined for over a hundred years well for well for just under a hundred years for the United for, since uh, for the United States but for hundreds of years prior to you know prior to that you know coming from Columbus to you know uh, the, the colonial period, but 100 years of the united states was was completely invested in human chattel and of course the theft of lands the the murdering of native people who who occupied those lands the you know the again the rape the slaughter the genocide the the stealing of children all of that stuff so i can't talk about the reparations issue Uh, As it relates to us only, if I don't at least address the issue as it relates to uh, to what Black people experience today because of what they uh, what their ancestors experienced. Now, one of the things I got to be clear, though, only four hundred thousand, and I want to say I say only because it's got to be you know it's relative, right? Only four hundred thousand people were treated um, were kidnapped from Africa. Dragged in slave ships and began what would ultimately be an entire industry of breeding n- n- black people in captivity for slavery. But only four hundred thousand were brought from uh, from uh, from Africa to at least to to North America. I mean, many many more were, were brought to, to South America and the Caribbean and, and other places. Now, and I'm not saying this to be dismissive. What I'm saying is that. When you can think about the the actual firsthand victims of being um, taken, your freedom taken away and put into slavery, it's a smaller number than what uh, than the number of Native people who were who were killed. And I, so I'm only just I'm only trying to put in, in that perspective. The the number of Native people uh, there were, there are some estimates that there were as many as a hundred million Native people living in. Well, in the Western Hemisphere, you know, and how many? How many were in the northern, uh, were North, North America versus South America? You know, but it, most real, uh, honest uh, archaeologists and anthropologists would suggest that there were at least forty million Native people living in North America um, when when white people came here. That number would be reduced to a couple of hundred thousand. I mean, almost completely wipe out the entire population of Native people. That's how very few Native people um, survived the genocide, and of course, our population has come back some. So, and, and again, it's not to minimize the impact of slavery because let's face it, you had millions of uh, of black people who would actually be would would be uh, born into slavery. I mean, even even Thomas Jefferson. Who was uh, who treated one of his slaves as a sex slave? Had children with a sl- with a slave, and his children were still slaves. They were the house negroes, but they were still they were still slaves nonetheless. I mean, the, the absurdity of it is, is incredible. So, understanding that the, the wealth of the uh, the current wealth of the United States is still in large part affected by the fact that they stole land, and they stole the lives of, uh, of ultimately what would be millions of people in terms of slavery they would wipe out millions of lives in terms of native people t- to to build the wealth of the United States in in 1860 if you were to measure what were the largest assets of industry in the United States it was slaves it was free labor I mean it wasn't Machinery. It wasn't. It wasn't even buildings. It, you know. It, it. It wasn't. They didn't even consider the land, the most valuable. But, but from an industrial asset, human beings, slavery, slaves were, were the number one asset. I mean, that's a, that's incredible to wrap your head around. And so that's what what America's wealth gets built. And you know what? It isn't just America's wealth. America's politics was built on that the fact that you still have you know one of the pillars of of the republican party is is blatant racism it's not an accident it didn't happen over uh, by accident that's that's a result of of slavery the president of the united states was murdered for freeing the slaves for all intents and purposes although he was a republican and the republicans and democrats would would kind of swap on where they stand on things like you know racism you know kkk white supremacy all that stuff but make no mistake, white supremacy crossed uh, all party lines. I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, white supremacy was something that both the Democrats, Republicans, whatever parties existed in the beginning of, uh, of the United States right up through. And it still exists today. Look, if you listen to, you listen to Joe Biden, who is running for the presidency as the, as the Democrat, as the alternative to Trump, if you listen to some of, I mean, I should have had Jake pull the audio up on this thing. There was a, there, there's a speech that he gave when he was supporting the crime bill, where he flat out said, "I don't care why they commit crimes, I don't care about their circumstances. I care that my wife might be raped, my, my child might be killed." And he's talking about, he's talking about black people. This is, you know, again, same kind of language that came from Trump as it related to the, the Central Park Five that were were uh, were wrongfully convicted. I mean, it's absurd. And this is the guy that wants to run as the president who's supposed to be, you know, um, the alternative to Trump. Some of the, the rhetoric that he was spewing in support of a crime bill that was in in large part geared towards imprisoning black people. And and if it wasn't geared toward that's what that's what the result was. So he says, I don't care why people are in the circumstance there are. I mean, the fact that, that, that black people were, were placed in a circumstance where... Some of these, uh, the the lives of crime, uh, were the best option. I mean, think about think about what your military does when your military advertises itself as the best option for people uh, impoverished people. I don't know that going uh, going uh, putting on a uniform to kill for the United States is a better option than than maybe some of the street crime stuff. I I'm not advocating either one, but so. <sighs> But on the, on the on the actual question of reparations, I mean, because there's no question that that people are still cast in a situation. When you look at the you know the prison population, you know that that is disproportionately black, and it's not because black people commit more, more crimes than uh, than white people. Even if you break it down to drug crimes, there's no question that, that white people use drugs at the same rate, and, and sometimes even a higher rate than black people because they got more money. They got more money to spend on it. And yet, there are more black people serving uh, serving time for for drugs and uh, drug possession and drug dealing than than white people. I mean, it's racism, and it's born out of that. The fact that that you know that unemployment is higher for black people, the fact that pay uh, um, salaries and incomes are lower, all of that stuff is still a result and and holdover from from the slavery era. Yeah, and you know what. <laughs> And it isn't just the descendants of slaves that are Im- impacted by that. Anybody who could re- remotely be associated with, with being called black is still, pardon the pun, painted with the same brush. <laughs> I mean, uh, and and so they're impacted by it. Now, now here's the problem: the problem is throwing money at uh, you know at at this injustice doesn't fix the injustice. I mean look there's been affirmative action there's been been any number of things that that the united states has um done uh that you know in in some feeble attempt to um fix some of these problems you know now and they're they're finally looking at you know justice reform and stuff like that i mean (laughs) they're going to legalize marijuana in so many so many states so rich white men will make money off of that while there's still people ser- serving prison time for you know for possession and dealing dealing weed it's 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 absurd on so many different levels but i mean if you were to try to put a price tag on the impact that black people today feel from the travesty that was racism or if you were try to i don't know how you put a price tag on on, on slavery. I mean, I, I don't know how you put a price tag. I'll tell you, you could put a price tag on, if you want to put it on a, as a percentage of national wealth, because it certainly had a big impact there. And here, so here's a couple of the problems with reparations. Republicans will never approve reparations for black people. I mean, look, they're still largely racist and it just won't happen. I mean, it, it just won't, it just won't happen. And, you know, and, and Trump Certainly would never uh you know push for and you know, of course we've got we, the, the Democrats a bunch of them are running and they're saying, uh, oh yeah, we're running on a platform of you know to look at or promote or encourage reparations but again i don't it doesn't matter how big a check you write it's not going to fix the problem I mean, poverty sounds like it's just a a, a money issue, but it's not there's there's a whole Legacy of white privilege that goes on with the whole idea of, of passing down wealth generation after generation after generation. I mean that's how that's how Trump has his money. He didn't make it on his own, and and it's rare that you see multiple generations of Black people who've been able to accumulate and and you know and improve their their lot in life, so to speak. So, I'm not against writing checks to people. You know, for the government to do that, I mean, they certainly spend a, an awful lot of money on military and corporate welfare and everything else. I'm not opposed to it. The problem is, it's not going to fix the problem, and and the other problem is is trying to get it through you know, a, a through a country that is so divided. I mean, look, I, I look at all of the uh, the blatantly racist comments being made because the uh, because New York State just approved that uh, that people who don't have proper citizen documents and i don't want to call them undocumented because it doesn't or or illegals but there are people who don't have you know citizen citizenship documents that that they still can if they can provide you know enough identification proper identification they can still get uh, new york state licenses i see people going nuts over that oh it's not about racism it's about the danger oh give me a freaking break look this country is so i mean (laughs) like i said I I posted a meme a number about a year ago that said something that if racism is so American that to to even speak about racism is un-American. <laughs> I mean and that's I mean that's just a, that's just a fact. Now, and again, I haven't even crossed over yet to my view on what reparations if if they were ever considered for native people would look like. Um and and I'll get to that next, but uh, uh like I said, if, if if there could be some meaningful legislation that could try to compensate or create an environment that would correct the disproportionate prison population, that would cor- correct the income inequality and, uh, you know, w- w- all of that stuff, that'd be great. The problem is they're not even beginning that. They can't even stop gentrification, which is, I mean, the continuation of, of the of racist policies that that impact uh, you know people of color you know i talk about gentrification in, in black communities but i'll tell you there's no better example of gentrification than look at hawaii where the native population had been driven from from their homes and from their lands because of wealthy white people and the military bases and tourism so the tourism industry rich people like mark zuckerberg and uh, oprah winfrey not watch Not just white people, I guess. Rich, rich Americans, I guess. Rich people from the continent. Let's just put it that way. However, they got there, buying up, you know, buying up incredible amounts of land on a, on islands that don't have that much land for all intents and purposes. I mean, there's no greater example of, of gentrification, and and again, huge homeless population in Hawaii. You know, and, and I know people can can laugh about it and say, "Oh, what greater place to be homeless than in Hawaii?" You know, it's you know, I, I don't even know how to how to address that, but uh, so I won't. But um, no, I mean when you think about what still exists today, it isn't just that slavery took place, you know, you know, over a hundred years ago, one hundred fifty years ago. It isn't just that slavery existed. It's the it's the attitude and the remnants of slavery and and that racism, Jim Crow, all of it, all the way up through. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I, somebody just mentioned to me the other day about a, a child turning up missing in Buffalo, and they said, "Oh, was there an Amber Alert?" Said, well, I haven't heard many Amber Alerts lately. You know why? Because they don't issue Amber Alerts for people of color. It's not that it's against the law to issue Amber Alerts, uh, Amber Alerts for people of color. They just don't do it. I mean, they should call them Becky Alerts. Honestly, that's what they should call them. They should call them Becky Alerts because it isn't. This isn't about finding people named Amber. I know it was based on a little girl that was uh, uh, murdered, so I'm not poking fun at that. But no, the the inequity isn't just something that took place 150 years ago and for 100 years prior to that, or several hundred years prior to that. It isn't just that. And it isn't even just here. I mean, look, I look at other countries like Brazil. You know, the population is predominantly people of color, and yet their Congress or their parliament is still all white people. Most of the, the the fighting that's taking place in Venezuela, the opposition to M- Maduro and, and uh, uh, Chavez Bolivarian Republic is all coming from the white people that are there, and and the, and the white people are the wealthy people. The white people are the ones who crashed the economy in Venezuela because because they didn't like the idea of socialism, because socialism is about spreading the wealth, and they didn't want it. They didn't want to share their wealth. No way in hell. So that's part of the problem. I mean this you cannot adequately address repairing something if it was designed to be broken. I mean how do you repair? How do you how do you offer something that is going to going to be a reparation for a system designed built on slavery, built on genocide? built on white supremacy the doctrine of Christian discovery being able to equate you know locating lands occupied and and inhabited by pagans just means you can take it and you don't even have to I mean again Justice John Marshall said you know look however pretentious the uh, you know the it, it may appear to to equate discovery with with conquest. If we can get away with it, we'll just make it law, and that's what that's what he's done. So, all right, I'm, I'm going. We're going to take a break with the bottom yard, but I'm going to spend the next half of the show talking about what, I mean, where do we fit into the equation or or in, into the conversation? And I'll, I'll do that when we come back. This is John Kane. This is let's talk native. We'll be right back in a few minutes. John Kane, this is let's talk native. Hey, I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, a uh, couple of anonymous folks out there who who support the program, and and I encourage any of you to uh, make contributions. Uh, I used to get a, a check every once in a while from a few people. Uh, that's kind of slowed down a little bit, but as you can see, we are doing some improvements. Uh, we're trying to make some upgrades to the uh, to the studio, both our video studio and our audio studio. Uh, we um um we 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 continue to is still on? oh yeah sorry <laughs> um yeah so we're we continue to do do some upgrades and uh, and of course they cost money we you know sometimes it's you know ten twenty thirty bucks here you know buying cables and attachments and headphones and microphones but uh, but it adds up so any of you who make contributions uh you help us uh cover those costs, but i also want to thank those of you who share the show. Whether you share the uh, Facebook live stream like my wife does uh, to so many group pages. And I want to thank you group, uh, you administrators of those group pages who allow us to share it. Um, or if you share our podcasts or their, our YouTube videos. Um, we are trying to start a conversation. We are trying to have a conversation that isn't happening. There are issues that I'm bringing up on a weekly basis or you know, not just on the show but things that i post as a meme I, I posted a meme this week and i said how many native people will uh um when asked the question if it shows up on the census and if you even do the, uh, you know fill, fill out a census how many of you will claim to be uh, u.s citizens if if that question is on is on the uh on the census documents and you could you could tell people were conflicted by it uh it's funny when I posted it on just my uh, Let's Talk Native page, I had a whole lot of people say, no, not me. I'm never, I, I would never do that. And I'm not going to even participate in the census. But when I shared it with um, with a, uh, perhaps a, a platform that isn't quite um, of the same mindset like on Indian Country today, a whole lot of people say, well, I'm proud to be an American. I'm going to, I would definitely put, uh, uh, put American. And, it's, and I'm thinking, you know, there's no benefit to that. There's no benefit to claiming to be an American on, on a census document. And there's no Harm in um, in saying that you're not a citizen you know they're going to ask you race and ethnicity questions. I was trying to suggest to people how powerful a statement would it be to the federal government if native people who who do fill out census say no, my identity is still my original identity i mean it's not going to impact funding it doesn't impact i mean when these census are about counting the number of people who live in in the United States, you know, we could argue whether our territory is the United States, and and I I think if you live on on a native territory, you should say no, you're not. I'm not in the United States, but I mean that that's what it's it's for. It's for it's for discounting. But see, these are the ki- kinds of conversations that we try to have either on the show or I do that through the week uh, on on Facebook and Twitter and other places. So all right, hey, let me get back to what I was talking about. Here's the thing for me as a native person, the the crimes that have been committed against my ancestors, I can couldn't even begin to put a price tag on. It. And not only can I not put a price tag on it, what would that reparation be for? What would that payment be for? Would it be to say Alright, we're gonna pay you for what we did to you and now we're square, we're good, you're 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 accepting the assimilation that we've imposed upon you and No, no, I'm not going to let you pay me to think that you just satisfied a genocide that isn't just in the past, but one that still continues today. Oh, I hear people say, oh, no, genocide still continues today. No, we're still being forced. We're still having our identity stripped with everything from not being able to create our own travel documents, being forced to get a U.S. passport, being forced into into so many um, – to be so compliant with – with laws that shouldn't be impacting us on our territories that's that's still genocide see genocide is creating the conditions that would would cause the people to cease to exist that's what genocide is i mean it includes murdering you know uh, ethnic cleansing you know stealing children like with the residential residential schools you know this whole idea of stripping culture away it includes all that stuff, but it's any of it. Any of it, even individually, it doesn't mean that you got to have I mean, the test for genocide. Isn't oh, you got to you got to fail in three segments of uh, of our definition of genocide? No, any one of the, the the I think there's five elements that the international community agrees upon uh, on, on what constitutes genocide. Any of them is genocide. Not well, if you check the box on a the majority, then then you 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 lost the genocide lottery. No, that's not the way it works. So. Look, it, it it's almost impossible uh, to to try to put a put a price tag on the injustices, especially since they continue. For me as a native person, the only reparation that to me is acceptable is decolonization. It's the idea of stripping away those systems of oppression. I'm not trying to fix them. There is no fixing it. Like I said, how do you how do you repair something that was designed to be unfair that was designed to be unjust that was designed to to persecute uh you know you know people to elevate white people and and condemn people of color how, i mean how do you fix that i mean what do you oh well, i i got it we'll, we'll we'll enslave white people for the next hundred years and we'll call it even after that no that that's i i'm not even suggesting that but that would be about the only equity that could come out of the whole mix So, I mean, look, the only way that Native people can ever be justly, or or there can be repair, and that's what reparations are for, right? Supposed to repair the damage. That's to strip away the systems of oppression that that are still being imposed upon us. Not just words like citizenship but taxes uh, regulations the the interference in our in our commerce i mean the, the new york state's trying to steal a billion dollars from the seneca nation over the next 7 years i mean cut some of that crap out that's a reparation we, look we don't need you to cut us a, a bunch of checks and you know what if you want to cut a bunch of people checks then cut out you cut a bunch of checks to the, to the native people who who want to sell their soul to the united states maybe maybe that's the deal here's here's my solution for repar- reparations you come up with some nice fat, uh, fat figure and see how many native people will say you know what I'll leave my identity completely behind and I'm just going to be true red white and blue from here on out but you know what get your asses off native territory if that's the case if you want to be an American go be an, Amer- be an American in America you want to be a US citizen go live in the United States and you know what make them pay you for, uh, for for what they've done to you the fact that they stripped your identity away to so much so that you can't even embrace your own identity because that's a travesty and there are a lot of people a lot of people who are living in that circumstance right now they can't even fathom the idea look i listen to i hear native people talk about being all hop up about going to kill people in afghanistan I mean, how many native people are getting all hyped up about going to Iran, you know, to to fight in the next battle? I, I mean, if you're among those people, I got no use for you. I'm sorry. If your idea of of a life is killing people because the United States has now named a new a uh, new enemy, geez, this is like 1984. I mean, I look. I know Oral was off a little bit, but. The idea of the United States is to just create, create enemies and then just start waging war. And, and we're supposed to forget, oh no, Trump likes Russia now, so Russia's the good guys now. Russia's not the good guys. China's not the good guys. Iran's not the good guys. Iraq's not the good guys. None of these guys are good guys. You know why? Because power corrupts all of these countries that have built up their oil wealth, built up their militaries, built up their hierarchies. They're all corrupt. And the United States is the worst of the lot, folks. Historically, think about how many people the United States has killed. Think about their advanced weapons technology. uh, 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 The uh, the nuclear arms race? The United States did that. The only country in the world to to drop two of them on on a civilian population. Chemical warfare? Where do you think some of that stuff was developed? The United States was... uh, uh, I mean, (laughs) look... You only, you only have to go to Standing Rock to see people being uh, uh, being hit in the face with uh, with you know with pepper spray and uh, and tear gas and all kinds of other stuff. I mean you you see, I mean I think about that Berkeley image of the of the officer the the campus cop spraying a whole line of students just sitting on the ground just going spraying them in the face. I mean, jeez, that's a chemical weapon, folks. Now, is it lethal? Trust me. Have a heart condition, and have somebody spray you in the face with that stuff, and tell and tell me that it was that it's not a lethal. I mean, and and these other non lethal weapons, like these rubber bullets that they talk about, they're supposed to be shot at at, at no closer range than ten meters. In standing Rock, there, are people being shot with those things at point blank range, almost well within that thirty. I mean, ten meters is over thirty feet. And some of these people were being shot so close. One guy lost an eye. I mean, these these are supposed to, you know, and whether it's the bean bags or the rubber bullets, they're not supposed to be shot at close range. That's not what they're intended for. So anyway, I get back, and and, and I, I I feel strongly about this. We should not allow a conversation about reparations for slavery continue without us at least engaging the conversation not because we're trying to get the fat checks but because the only true reparation for the stripping of sovereignty and identity national character culture from native people is to allow us to to, to get it back I don't want to say allow us but to stop fighting us as we reclaim our identity Stop trying to claim that you've made us your citizens, that you've subjugated us. Look, there's plenty, like I said, there's, there's plenty of native people that'll take a check. There's plenty of them. Uh, look, I've seen land claims. People, showed, people thought there was going to be money paid out in land claims, showed up with, 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 with shopping bags, thought they are going to wheel, you know, wheelbarrow money away from, uh, from a land settlement. Because our people have lost their their way. We haven't lost our ways. We lost our way. We forgot what's important. We forgot what seven generations really means. The only true reparation is decolonization. And and to be clear, decolonization doesn't mean running for the president of the United States or Congress. Decolonization isn't about finding comfortable places. Within the systems of oppression, no, that's not what decolonization is. Decolonization is about untangling those systems of oppression and separating from it's dismantling those systems as they apply to us. Look, whether we should should we dismantle all systems of oppression that the United States is uh, is engaged in? Yeah, maybe we should. And may, but this is where I become self centered because if <laughs> there are an awful lot of Americans who love the systems of oppression that are in place. I mean, the moment Black Lives Matter became a thing, even people who are probably nervous as hell when a cop is behind them started promoting the oh blue Lives Matter. they even took and they, and they bastardized an American flag if you could do such a thing, right they They made it into a, like a white and black flag, and then they put a blue stripe in the middle or something like that, and uh, you know so they altered an American flag to to show their support for police. why? They didn't really care to support police. It's it, it was in direct response to Black Lives Matter. That's why these things showed up. Look, there are there are plenty of people who will sign up for that, even native people. Hell, even even there are plenty of black people who who who've shunned their own guys like Bill Cosby. spent more, you know, most of his his you know last few years condemning black people look do we have fatherhood issues in our in our territories absolutely and and i'll be the first to hold our men and our women accountable for for some of the things that uh, that that they've engaged in but again i don't give a i, I could care less what uh, what joe biden says if you don't understand the conditions that have created the degrading of our social fabric if you're if you're going to ignore that then, man, that's that's white privilege. That's white privilege. You can't ignore when you created the conditions of poverty, or conditions of you know, you know, not just poverty, but but inescapable poverty that exists on Native territory. And then when we do something that finally gives us a glimmer of hope, that we, we we decide, okay, we're going to sell cigarettes because we we're going to avoid state taxes. It turns into a into a forty a year battle for crying out loud. We 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 start you know developing gaming, and I'm not a, a big fan of tobacco or gaming. We start developing gaming as as a way to to generate some income, and the first thing the state does is, well, how are we getting paid? How are we going to get paid in this? I mean, and at every turn, the systems of oppression continue. I mean, frankly, the whole. Indian Gaming Regulatory Act is 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 BS. We didn't participate in the drafting of a law. Why would we even? Why would we participate in a drafting of law that would take away our power? But you know, once it got passed, there were some. You know, maybe it's easier to go along with the law that they passed to make money than just to have to fight it every day. They have to, yeah. Do, do we have a right to do gaming? Yeah, we do. We believe we do in the interest of you know cost benefit analysis it might be more economical to to comply so we we make those concessions we make those compromises and then they come back and they haunt us so what's the reparation that i want no it's not it's not a check i don't want a check and, and look I, i'm not a wealthy guy i, I could use the money <laughs> but no it's it's not a check we need to strip away the systems of oppression that the state and the federal government and, frankly, the international community. I mean, the, the fact that we can't travel on our own travel documents, I mean, that's that's absurd. The fact that the federal government, and, and I say this almost, it seems like I've been saying this almost every week, the fact that the federal government takes 30% of the income, even of Native people living on Native lands, working in their own native government for a salary, the federal government will take a, a third of it. We'll just take it. And we don't even know how to fight it. Don't give me a check. Let me keep my own, for crying out loud. No, it's not even about let me keep. Stay away from my own income. Stay away from my ability to support my family. You're not entitled to any of that, uh, any any of the... the equity of my of, of my labor I think it's wrong for you know on the rest of the the uh, for US citizens I damn sure know it's wrong for us so no reparations from a native standpoint isn't a check now like I said if a bunch of you guys want to get bought off and and go, you know, and, and live your life as you know as U.S. citizens for the rest of your lives. Then, by all means, that's one of the beautiful things, right? The United States can't deny you that, and why would they? That's what they've always wanted. They either wanted us dead, gone, or just absorbed. That's that's what the United States want. I mean, that goes back to Jefferson. <clears throat> Jefferson in one letter to a, you know to the. Indiana governor, Indiana territory governors suggested that, look, we should we should trade with the with native people. We should trade with them, and, and you know what? And give them credit. Let them run up a debt because when, when that debt gets too big, they'll lop off that debt with their land. And when we get enough of them to do that, we'll have them we'll have them circumscribed, as he called it. We'll have them surrounded, and then they'll either grow so uncomfortable living amongst us that they'll leave, and if, and if they want to maintain their culture, they'll leave, they'll go west of the Mississippi, they'll leave their homelands, or they'll stay and they'll become us, and they'll abandon their native ways. I mean, that was Thomas Jefferson, the enlightened president. <laughs> yeah, right. So this is the experience, right? So when when we talk about reparations, I don't know. I mean how do you how do you put a price tag on ninety five percent of your population being eliminated? Oh I know. Because of, yeah, but some of that was just because um, of disease. Yeah, intentionally spread disease. How do you I mean how do you compensate for, for lands that were stolen? I mean if you look on a map today of of native territories Across the you know that are within the continental of the United States, I mean they're they're pinpricks. I mean there's a couple of that are you know that you know might show up on a on a national map, but otherwise they're a speck. They're a spot. Seneca nation. These are I mean you'd be hard to put a, if you took a a push pin on a on a national map, you would probably stick a hole bigger than the, than the territories by pushing that pin in the, in the map. And the Static Nations got pretty good land holding compared to some of the other Six Nations. I mean, look. You couldn't write us a check big enough. You couldn't come up with a value that would be just. Now, that's not the again, that's not to say that there aren't there aren't plenty of people who would take a check. I mean, think about what a, what, a, what a land settlement is, you know, on, on some of these land claims. When, I mean, look what just happened in, in Aquasasne. The idea of getting paid for a land claim is just another unlawful sale. And I say unlawful because, why do I say it's unlawful? Because we don't have the right to sell our children's birthright all of these land sessions, every one of these freaking treaties that that lopped off lands. The language never suggested that we would never have access to those lands again. But that's the way it worked out. Now you get Ruth Bader Ginsburg saying that, that how absurd it would be for Native people to reclaim lost lands. Cites the doctrine of impossibility. Oh, you can't do that. Native people couldn't reacquire lands that were lost even if they were lost through fraud or theft or whatever else they can't take it back now there's too much in place the, the land value those those lands were just woods before like woods don't have value right those lands were undeveloped look have, to, have what we have to do to the land that you develop is clean the stuff up because you destroyed it one of the ways that we would improve land that we get back would be to put trees back on the damn thing Not to remove more of them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then she says that if we bought, if we could acquire lands back in piecemeal, parcel by parcel, we would create a checkerboard of native lands mixed in amongst amongst non-native lands. She actually said those words. That's exactly what the U.S. policy was. That's what Jefferson talked about. Create a checkerboard. Create Circumscribing, let's let's rip parcel by parcel from them. We'll make it so they can't live as distinct people among us. They'll either have to leave, or become the the same people, which which we won't really let that happen because we're going to keep them on the bottom rungs of society, of, of economics and society. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg cites how inappropriate it would be for native people to be able to acquire lands and create a checkerboarded. Uh, um Scenario of native lands um, and, and non-native lands, which and that's exactly what the Dawes Act did. Every one of the all of the allotment processes were were designed to grab parcel by parcel away from native people. So I have this white lady on the court say, oh, that would be inappropriate if 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 native people could do that." Jeez. no, the systems of oppression. Have to be dismantled or at very least untangled from our people, and in doing so, doesn't make us an isolated people. Our sovereignty, our our control over the lands that we that we occupy, and the activities that we, if we, all those treaties that said that we would never be disturbed in the free use and enjoyment of our lands. We would have tremendous economies on our territories if, if our if sovereignty were, were an asset that we could truly put to use. Look what we've done with it so far, and I'm not crazy about it being just to gas, gaming, and cigarettes. But in those three industries, we've been able to lift some of our people out of poverty, just in those three areas, and in all three of those areas, we're still fighting. The regulatory issues uh, from the outside. As far as the states concerned, they believe they have a right to tax a, a sale that is con- conducted on our territories if it's to a non-native person. Fr- no, <laughs> let me take it back. As far as the states concerned, only a Seneca sale to a Seneca is untaxable by by the state. That's what the state's view is. Now they don't enforce it. I mean, I'm i'm Mohawk. I'm, I'm Gunyagahaga. I live here, but as far as the states concerned. I don't have a right to buy something on on Seneca territory without paying tax. You don't believe me? That's. Look, that whole idea of um, creating a quota system associated with tobacco sales, they were basing that on enrolled Senecas. So, I mean, of course, if you're. I don't care if you're Seneca. I don't care if you're Mohawk. I don't care if you're white. If you're purchasing a product on this territory and, and especially if you live here and consume it here why would the state have a right in fact if you're from pennsylvania and you come on to uh on the seneca ter- territory and bought something why would new york state have a right to tax that but that's the view they have that is the all uh, the the heavy handedness that new york state has and you know what the federal government supports that stuff i mean in, i mean in fact in, in the Contraband Cig- or cigarette trafficking act, uh, um, CCTA. They they describe what is contraband: any product that doesn't have a state stamp on it, where a state has uh, you know requires them. The federal government will not acknowledge that we have the right to have have products on our territory, on our shelves, without a, st- a state stamp on it. Now, again, nobody's raiding our places. But I'll tell you, when they passed the floor tax a number of years ago, the, the federal government tried to assess a budget of taxes on people for product that they had already purchased, brought onto our territory, put them on their shelves, and were for sale. And the, and the federal government says, "Well, but we raised the tax, and you haven't sold it yet, so you got to pay us. You got to pay us the increase in tax on federal federal tax, federal tax. That is, I mean, because let's be honest, we're not selling tax free products here." We're selling products that don't that don't have state tax on it, but every almost every cigarette sold on our territories has federal tax on it. Strip that away, get rid of that, get rid of the federal income tax. Can you imagine what how much our economies would grow, and how much we could how much retail and service sector industry and stuff like that we could have if if we didn't have on you know looming over our shoulders this this notion of, of having to pay federal income tax or any of the federal excise taxes or any of the state excise taxes if we if we didn't have to fight every one of those fronts on everything that we do, if we could truly utilize the distinct nature of our territories distinct from New York State, think what we could do to to sa- to save some of the the brain drain that happens from universities in the area that have to go overseas. Think about a technology developed at the University of Buffalo that can't go to market here in New York State. Can't go to market here in the United States. They've got to take the technology to India or Pakistan. What if they only had to take it to Cattaraugus or Tonawanda or Tuscarora? No, I don't need a check. I need you stay off of our backs that's the reparation decolonization look and decolonization doesn't mean that we go backwards we weren't going backwards when white people showed up on our shores we may have made a big mistake when they showed up on our shores but we weren't going backwards we were advancing as a people even as we had learned the lessons of you know trying to put large population centers together you know yeah we built cities we made the same mistake white people did but we didn't keep building cities. White people wiped out entire areas of, of Europe by overpopulating areas. And you see the same thing happening in, in sections of China. People are nuts. They just think there's no consequence to overpopulating the planet. They don't think there's any consequence to overpopulating a, even a small area. We made the mistake. Then we stopped doing it. They didn't. They just spread like a like like locust to consume more manifest destiny white man's burden it was a plague it wasn't a god given order it was a plague and i'll tell you again the united states can write checks all they want their economy is not going to is not sustainable Every one of these battles, and this isn't just about Trump. Yeah, he's a moron. But every one of these battles the United States is, is running up against with with other countries on trade issues. Why is it? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the United States is a consumer-driven economy. It is based on on gluttonous consumption. Gluttonous consumption of, of energy products, oil, gas, you know, uh, Extractive industries. We are, we the the whole U.S. economy has been built on creating an insatiable appetite for consumables. So this consumer society can't exist. The United States consumes more of the drugs, more of the electronics, more of the energy, disproportionate to any place else on the planet. I just learned this the other day. 80% of the drugs consumed in the United States come from either uh, uh, India or um, or China. That's where all the generics are made. And frankly, it's not just the generics that are being made in India and China. So all of the... Again, you've got insurance industries, you've got pharmaceutical industries. Dependent on... on look, I, I'll tell you, if, if China wanted to... Uh, 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 really engage the united states in a trade war they start hold they start tacking on a bunch of tariffs to the uh to the um generic drugs that they that they produce I'll, like i said it's a systems it's a system of oppression that we need to strip away that's the only reparation don't write me a check you weren't going to write me a check anyway but don't write me a check let's strip away the systems of oppression let's understand what decolonization means. Because decolonization, again, is not about us being made more comfortable within the U.S. system or, or, or being lulled into believing that we're we equals. Why would you want to be equal to the people who killed your, your, own, your ancestors? Why would you want to be that? I, I'll never understand that. Why would you embrace the religion that cast you as less than human? Why would you serve in a military that killed your people and now just kill other people who don't look a whole lot different than you brown faces black hair brown eyes United States took its Indian fighters the ones who were killing our people and the very next thing they did is they started killing uh, Filipinos went to the Philippines and killed those people and and again, not in any small number either. By some estimates, it may be it may have been as many as a million people, a million Filipinos. Somewhere between a half a million and a million Fili- 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 Filipinos were killed when the United States believed that they had somehow purchased the Philippines or, or whatever. However, they claimed to have gotten it away from Spanish control. When the when when Spain was driven from the Philippines, the Filipinos thought they were free. No, you weren't. You just got a new master, one that speaks English badly. All right, well with that pretty much wraps it up, folks. Uh, look, I don't let a conversation about reparations happen without us having a conversation in there too. That's that's my first message. And let's think twice before we start try, trying to put a number on what they need to pay us, because no number is worth it. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Thanks for listening.